0: Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church, and I am just so glad that you are here with us today on this Sunday morning, joining us uh, either in our online campus or in our Facebook family, or maybe you're listening to this. You are our online family, and we are just so happy that you're here. Uh, Just want you to know, no matter how you got here today, maybe you stumbled upon us, or maybe a friend invited you to tune in or to listen in. We want you to know you are welcome here, and we're just glad that you're here Today, we are continuing a series that is uh, called What's Next, a series that's going to lead us all the way up to Easter. And uh, last week, we started this series. And, and um, one of the things that, that I want to make sure that I reiterate every week as we lead up to Easter is that Easter is a great time of year to invite somebody to come to service. And even though we are, uh, we, we're still in this environment where we are looking for a building, Easter Sunday, we actually are going to have a large in-person gathering at the Marcus Theater. So for those of you that are ready for that, invite somebody to that. We need to have them registered. So we've got a seat for them. Um, but, but you can, you can register for a seat online, uh, in the, the description, uh, the, of the video or here and maybe in the online campus, somebody will share that. But, but you can still register to join us in person. So register your friend, invite them to, to the, the large in-person gathering or invite them to a small in-person gathering. We call them a watch party. Uh, whether you have an officially registered one with us or not, you can host your own watch party in your house. So invite people to, to, to join you on Sunday morning at your house. Or maybe for those of you that, that are still, uh, you know, uh, isolating yourself and yourself quarantining, um, totally respect that decision. I know that there are really good reasons for that make sure that you're watching online, but also invite somebody to watch it online at their place as well. Uh, it, it's really important because this is the time of year where people are actually looking for a church service. They're keyed in to spiritual things. And so, uh, statistically, they say that, that, um, if you invite somebody to an Easter service, you have a better chance of getting yes, this time of year than you do any other time of year. So, so my request is that you begin praying about somebody. Maybe you've already got a name in mind. Be praying for them and invite them. Invite them, invite them, invite them. They, they need to be in a place where they have an opportunity to know God. Amen, everybody. So, so, so that, that's where this series is going to take us. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit about what we're doing in this series. There's the theme verse for this series is from Proverbs 29 verse 18. And it says this, this is the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, in other words, they're blind to it, either, either because they're not looking at it, they don't know where to look, or they don't know what to look at. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And you for sure understand this. You you you're walking through your life right now, and maybe you don't know what God's best for you is in your marriage, is in your in your emotions, is in your finances, your relationships, uh, in, in your career, and in your heart, and your thought life, and your mental health. Maybe you don't know what God's best is for you, and so you're stumbling all over the place, kind of like I do at home. You know, my wife doesn't let me have a nightlight uh, in our bedroom, and I get up multiple nights, uh, multiple times throughout the night, uh, to go to the restroom, and I I have to stumble through. Not only am I bleary eyed, but but I am completely blind because there's no lights. Like we got the blackout curtains in our rooms, so even none of the street lights shine into our windows. It is black as black as black you can be in there, and I have to fumble through the dark so as to not hit a wall or a dresser or a door frame, which I have done many times before. And that's what our life can feel like if we don't know what God is doing, if we don't know how to pay attention to it, if we don't know what it is. We We stumble all over ourselves. And so the verse continues. It says, but when they attend, that, that's, that's us. We are the they. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Man, so, so what we're doing in this series is we realize that there is a need. Uh, for clarity in your spiritual journey, because all of us are on a spiritual journey. Even atheists, they may be, maybe like you know, like way back here, right? You know, because the beginning of the spiritual journey is is an introduction to a relationship with God, and they may be way back away from it, but they're still on a spiritual journey. You're on a spiritual journey. I'm on a spiritual journey, and so it's important that we know where at where are we at right now on that spiritual journey, and then understand how to answer the question of what's next for me. What what is what is next for me? And a lot of us, we don't know. We don't know what God's plans are. We don't know what he wants us to attend to. We don't know what our spiritual journey is. We don't know how to answer that question of what's next, let alone where we are right now. And so we're stumbling all over ourselves. We're we're fumbling in the dark, trying a lot of different things. And what winds up happening when we try a lot of different things is we introduce chaos to our lives and 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 then we try to fix the chaos that we've introduced in our lives by by stopping certain things or or hey I'm going to fix this and I'm going to I'm going to put some rules and some regulations in and 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 the problem is, is those things just don't work. What they they don't work because we need God to fix those things in our lives. We need God to fix our hearts. We need to uh, to understand his plan and purpose when our life is centered around what he has for us, what he wants us to attend to. Well, then everything changes. The why we exist changes. And that becomes our motivation for change. Not just, hey, I'm anti-pain. Not just I'm anti-chaos, so I'm going to try to fix things by, by, by changing a few things. Those things don't work. We need God's power. And we get His power. We get His blessing when we attend to His plans. If we do attend to what God has for us, his plans for us, the Bible says we are blessed. That's what that verse says. Now blessed doesn't always necessarily mean a financial blessing, although it can certainly include that. What it really just means is, and what some of the translators would say that it really means is happy, or even a deeper meaning of joy. Joy that is connected to a contentment. A joy that is deep rooted within you, that you have joy no matter what. And let me tell you something, friends that's what Jesus paid for on the cross. And so my encouragement now in this series and always will be, let's get all that Jesus paid for on the cross. Because I would say that some of us, we've been Christians for a long time, but we can't say that we've got joy and that we've got contentment no matter what in our circumstances. So let's get that kind of joy. So so let's answer the question of what is the journey? What What is next? Well, King David said this in Psalms 16, verse 11. He said, you will show me the way of life. This is God's way of doing things. Granting me the joy of your presence. There's that word joy and the pleasures of living with you forever. In other words, that that this is a journey. This is a way. This is a pathway for us to take. There's steps for us. That no matter how long we've been a Christian, there is still steps for us to take. The Bible calls this this process of living out our lives. It, it calls us going from glory to glory to glory, right? And, and it's a process of us continuing to grow and continuing to become more like Jesus as we live out our life on mission for making a difference, right? So so I've got a step to take that's next. You've got some steps to take that are next. And so some of you right now would identify in this season in your life, we we talked about it last week you kind of feel stuck and you've had had uh, experienced maybe for the first time in your life some some depression and you have lacked joy and so what you need most you need some joy and there's joy attached to taking your steps you need to attend to the way of life and you'll experience that joy so so here's the jo- the the journey uh, that, that we've identified very simply. And I reeled this last week and I'll just kind of share it with you real quick. It's, it's four steps in this journey. The first one is, is to know God. This is where it all begins. And, and you can't do the next step without this one right here. This is the most important one because it's not just about knowing about God. It's not just knowing, okay, I know all the names of the 66 books of the Bible. I I know I have read the Bible or I, you know, I know about church. No, this is about knowing God. See, God knows you and loves you and he knows you intimately. And God desires for you to know him intimately as well, to know him deeply and passionately as a friend. He loves you so much and when you get into a relationship with him, when you know God, that relationship, God brings power into your life to do the very next step. And the next step in your spiritual journey is to find freedom. I a lot of us come to this life as a Christian uh, with baggage, baggage that really just imprison us in our old ways of living. It imprisons us in our thought lives. It imprisons us in our relationships. And really, unless we get rid of that baggage, that baggage becomes a weight that holds us back and ultimately becomes a prison cell for us. And you know this to be true. I'm talking about an area in your life that if this area was dealt with, if you had freedom in this area, that your life would be better. And that's what I'm talking about. Those are the areas we need to find freedom from, become more like Jesus day by day. And when freedom comes, well, freedom allows you to begin to see clearly your life and to begin to see clearly who you are in light of who God has called you to be. And it allows you to see your future by settling your past. And that's when we get to the third step, and that's called discover purpose. Listen to me, church. You are here on purpose with purpose. You are not here by mistake. You are not a clump of cells that accidentally evolved over millions and billions of years. We have a creator who made you on purpose with purpose. You belong to this very timeline because he determined that you belonged here right now. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. And you need to let that go and embrace that God has A purpose for your life. And once you discover what that purpose is, man, you can go on to the fourth step and begin using why you're here as a mission to make a difference. Man, as a Christ follower, we're to follow in his steps. He had a mission here on this earth and so do you. And it's ultimately to live your life in such a way that you leverage all that you have to make a difference in the lives of others. Today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on that third step. If you missed last week, uh, we're, we're doing the steps backwards. So last week, we talked about making a difference, living your life on mission. I would highly encourage that if you didn't m- get that message, to make sure you listen to that message when you're done here. It'll be an encouragement to you. It'll help you. But this third step, man, this third step of discovering purpose, this is the place where we oftentimes will get stuck for lots of different reasons. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest reasons why we get stuck here is because the enemy knows that if he can keep you from living your life on purpose with purpose, then he can stymie your growth. He can stymie your ability to make a difference in the world today. And that means that he is focusing on your life in this area, working overtime to make sure you don't know what your purpose is. In addition to that, there's lots of reasons many of us don't know our God-given purpose. And it's basically because of what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's because we're busy about copying the behavior and the customs of the world. He says, don't copy that. Don't copy their behavior and their customs because if you do, you're just going to get the same results they get. So, so we're all busy about doing what our neighbor is doing and keeping up with the Joneses and, and, and idolizing our boss and pop stars and celebrities. And, and we're trying to have what they have and we're trying to do what they do. We're, we're trying to, to emulate their behavior and we're trying to, to live our lives the way they do. And Paul says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This is the battleground, guys. It's your mind. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is what's key here, right? This is what's key. This is what we need to know. God's will for you. God's purpose for you. So once you discover purpose, you can make a difference. It's important. You'll know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, the world's out there pursuing stuff that will never never satisfy them. And unfortunately, We follow right in line with them because it looks like what everybody's doing. It looks like it's easier just to go with the flow. This is the way my parents did it, so I'm handling my finances that way. This is the way I've seen marriage done, so I'm doing my marriage this way. We need to change our thinking on this and allow God to come alongside and to transform us. Only then, only then when we discard the way the world is doing it, trying to keep up with their customs, trying to do it their way, and allow God to transfer our, transform our thinking to, to believing that his ways are our best, then we can see God's purposes for us. Let me reiterate this. The enemy hates you. He is out to destroy you, and he's going to do it by attacking your God-given purpose. And he does this several ways. The first way he does this is through confusion. You know, Paul prayed, I don't want you to be ignorant about your purpose. That means that, that it's possible for us to be confused. It's possible for us to miss the mark. It's possible for us to have a misunderstanding or to not know at all what our purpose is. But Paul, Paul's like, it's so important that you know this. I don't want you to miss out on this, that each of us, each of us is part of the body. Each of us belongs to the body of Christ. In other words, He's the head and we, we make up the rest of the body of Christ. And that means that each of us, just like your fingers and your hands and your elbows and, 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 and your, your spleen and your, your, your inside guts, like all of it has a purpose. All of it plays a part. All of it is a gift to your body in some way. And we belonging to that body, belong to each other, belong to Christ, have a purpose and a part to play within his church. And it's important for you to know what those gifts are. In fact, if you've never done a study of what the gifts are that the Holy Spirit gives you, I've done several series in the past. One of them, one of the most recent ones uh, that you can look up in our archive is the Goosebumps series. Uh, And uh, you can take a look and learn all about spiritual gifts then so that there's no confusion. But that's one of the reasons um, why we, we don't know God's purpose for us, because there's confusion. Another reason is because of comparison. Man, you don't know what your purpose is because you're so focused on what everyone else's purpose is. You're watching their lives play out on social media and you're what you're seeing of their life is just their highlight reel. It's just their best foot forward because nobody posts on about their bad days. Nobody shares the pictures of themselves looking terrible. Nobody wants to do that and they don't. And so you're focused on them, on what they have, on the car that they drive, the kind of kids that they have, the activities they're involved in, the kind of spouse that they have, the job that they have, the money that they're making, the house they live in. And really, honestly, what they have isn't all of that. Honestly, if you look at their lives a little closer, you'd find that a lot of the stuff they have, they're under a crushing amount of debt. Their marriage has issues just like yours does, and they have pains in different areas of their lives but you just don't get to see that. And we're busy comparing our lives to their lives. I'm telling you, we're always gonna be miserable if we do that. Comparison is a trap and we need to be aware of it. The truth of the matter is, is that there is no other you. You are the only you that God has here on this earth. And you aren't supposed to be somebody else. You aren't supposed to sound like somebody else, live like someone else. They aren't you and you aren't them. God has a portion for you. And so I'm just encouraging you today to begin attending to his purpose and plan for your life because it ain't what somebody else has already gotten. I know that's bad English, but it is what it is. All right? Now, the the third reason why we don't understand our purpose is because of counterfeit. Man, I... Listen to me this is this is a really, really big one uh, for a lot of people they they feel like what they need is a career path. They feel like what they need is is to have some some high paying management job or some kind of uh, uh, this this career that is just amazing maybe it's to be a celebrity maybe it's to be a celebrity a celebrity pastor or a celebrity chef or a whatever put celebrity in front of whatever and i think that's what the american dream pursues right we want to be so good that somebody wants to put us on tv at, and but here's the thing you don't need a career what you need is a calling come on somebody that was so good you don't need a career you need a calling There's nothing wrong with you having stuff and there's nothing wrong with you having a good job as long as that stuff and that job doesn't have you, right? Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life and too many of us accept a counterfeit in our lives. We accept a counterfeit way to live our lives, to spend our lives. But friends, let me tell you something. Before God made you, He had a purpose for you first. In other words, he didn't look at how you were being made in the womb and go, all right, well, it seems like he's got this kind of gifting, and so I'll create this for him to do. That, that's not how God did it. God said he made you to fit the purpose that he had for you. In other words, he uniquely hardwired you. He gifted you while you were being formed in the womb. He gifted you, gave you everything you were going to need in order to do the purpose that he had for your life. I think that's just beautiful. He didn't, he assigned you purpose and made you to fit it. David said this in Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. In other words, God did that with intention, by the way. He said, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And that sounds like David is just, he's so proud to know that he was uniquely made by God. He was put together on purpose, with purpose. And he's proud to know that God has done that for him. He said, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Man, that's how special you are to God. That's how special you are. That he created a purpose that was specific for you to fit. And so in this this whole this whole idea of discovering purpose at Simple Church, we have a system that, that is designed to help you do just that. Uh, we have, we have a system for making a difference. That's you joining and serving on the dream team and 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 and, and helping us uh, around the church and do all that we have to do to reach people far from God. And that's awesome. But when it comes to discovering purpose, our system for doing that, for getting you connected to that, is something we call Growth Track. Now, when we were meeting in person, we would do this during our second service and uh, and and. Uh, uh, but now that we're in, the in-person services have been suspended for this time, we've been offering them online. And what it is is it's four Sundays, it's four Zoom calls right now that will help you understand God's plan and His purpose for your life, so that you can discover that purpose. You learn a bit about who we are, and 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 we think it's so important for you to do this that if you want to serve on any of our teams, we want to, We we require you to go through Growth Track to understand like. Who God has made you to be. In fact, this announcement for Growth Track is the one that we find so important that we announce it every week, no matter what. We want to help you, and believe that it is part of our job to help you discover God's design in you. And if you're interested in taking Growth Track right now, there's a connect card, a digital connect card that is either in the link of uh, is a link that's in the description of the video. Or it's right here in our online campus. You can click the connect card and say, I'm ready to get involved. I want to go to growth track and our growth track team will reach out to you and arrange time for those, those four zoom sessions where you can get to know your purpose. But in growth track, what you're going to do is you're going to learn that God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. See, if you learn how you're made, it'll help you figure out what you're supposed to be doing here on this earth. You know, I I, uh, I, I hate uh, going shopping at IKEA. Uh, it's kind of this love hate relationship because I really love their furniture. I love the prices on them; it makes it very affordable to have nice looking things. But I really hate shopping there. The store is just one big mousetrap. Like right? it's it is designed to keep you in there for ever. Like I, I I literally feel it. Like the minute I walk in, I start. I feel like like I'm, I'm you know I can't breathe really well because it just is that much of a of a painful experience for me. But um, but I love the prices and so we buy the furniture. And the last time I bought some furniture, I, I really struggled to put the stuff together. Like I was I was sweating, I was working hard, I was nearly cussing, and I said nearly. That's I'm not in trouble for nearly cussing. I probably thought a cuss word, but I didn't say it. So just want you to know that I'm not in trouble for that. Uh, but, but it really was just like, there was a lot of tension around building this. And when I finished, <laughs> when I finished building the furniture, I started looking through some of the parts that are left over. You know, the ones that you go, uh-oh, I probably should have put that there. And you start seeing the flaw in the design and you got to go back and undo some things or you just throw it away and nobody will ever know. You think they're going to know, but they're never going to know. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. So you can just throw it away. Well, this, this last time I was doing it, I saw this piece that as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, I recognized what it was made for. And honestly, it would have made the assembly job so much easier. And listen, friends, that's, that's what Growth Track is all about. It's about helping you understand why you're here. It's about helping you understand what you were made for. Because seriously, we, we can do what God's called us to do, but we'll do it better with you. The job will be a lot easier with you because you're gifted in ways that I'm not. And that's the point of growth track. We all belong to each other. We all belong in this body. There's things you were made to do that make what we do and how we reach people easier and better. God made you a way and we need you to discover it. In fact, you need you to discover it. So let me take you on that journey. Get on the growth track. And because you were made for something, that's why I want you on that growth track. And I want you to know exactly what it was. Because remember, there's joy. There's contentment that is connected to it. You know, I knew that I was called to be in ministry very, very young age, but I didn't know how to get there. For years, you know, I, I walked away from that pathway. But in 2010, when my pastor sat me down and asked me, Aaron, have you ever considered being a pastor? I, my heart lit on fire. As soon as I knew what I was supposed to do, as soon as I knew what I was made for, I was so overjoyed that everything else that I was doing, my career, anything else I was doing was like gravel in my mouth. And I talk, I say that often because it's just not a very pleasant experience. Everything, I could not wait to get connected to God's plan and purpose for my life to start living it out that life wasn't perfect. I didn't know how, I didn't do the job of a pastor perfect. I didn't know everything that I was going to need to do. I didn't have everything I needed to do it. Doing it is work a lot of times, but my life is filled with such joy and contentment. And I want that for you. You say, Aaron, that, that kind of joy and contentment is just for pastors. And no, it's not. It's for the kids worker. It's for the production team member. It's for the band members. It's for our sound engineers. It's for our online hosts, our care teams, our outreach team members. It is for all of you. That joy and contentment can be yours because it's connected to knowing why you're here. And in growth track, we're going to dig in and we're going to just ask you some powerful questions to help you. And here's just a few of the questions that we would ask is we're going to dig in and ask you, uh, dig in and dive dive into what are your natural talents like? What abilities do you naturally possess? Because these can be indicators, things that you just do easily, things that 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 are like, man, that that's easy for me to do. Because there's tons of stuff that you do easily that I do not do easily, right? So we want to find out what are your natural talents. Number two, what are your spiritual gifts like? What are your primary motivational gifts like? What are the 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 passions? What are the the injustices in this world that you see that drive you to be moved by compassion to do something about? it, right? What The third one, your inward desires is, what do you really want to do? Like if money wasn't an object, if there if there was just any opportunity for you to do anything with your life, what is it you would really want to do? Because those inward desires, I believe the Bible says that God gives you the desires of your heart. Not that he gives you what you want, but he gives you the wants. He gives you the things that you want to do. So what what do you really want to do? And we'll ask you about your results and fruit. What that means really is, is where does your life produce the most fruit? Where does your life produce the most results? And we can look at, look at places in your life where, where what you put your hand on continues to grow and prospers underneath you. Right? One of the other ones we'll ask you is, is about your, your, uh, what do others affirm about you? The affirmation and recognition. Like, what do people see in you? Right? If you talk to, uh, Lainey, our, our, uh, next gen pastor, she'll tell you that, that one of the reasons that she, she's on staff with us today is because we were on a missions trip and I had a conversation with her after and I said, you know what? I see in you this. And she said, you know what? I tend to, to believe that God puts people in your life to say, I see this in you. And, and, and so she, she, she was recognizing what other people were affirming about her. And she began praying about it. And she, she took a step of faith. Now she's on staff with us, right? But what about you? And then we'll, we'll dive into your passions and your convictions. Like, what are you compelled in this life to pursue? And then number seven, the, the, your circumstances and opportunities. Like, what are opportunities are in front of you right now. And so we're asking really powerful questions to help you understand and define God's plan, purpose for your life and and how He's wired you and define that for you. And, and that's what we do in Growth Track. And it's it's a really powerful thing. So make sure you sign up for that. It'll be a great gift to you. It doesn't cost you anything. We've got a team that is ready to love you and walk you through that process and you're really going to love it and enjoy it as well. So here's what I want to do. I want to wrap up our time today. Uh, by by showing you how people in the Bible went about finding their purpose, because they didn't have growth track, right? And and some of the ways that they went about finding uh, finding their purpose, it's still good for us today, and will continue to speak to us and help us understand how do we discover our purpose even now? How do we discover our purpose in all kinds of situations? Because that's really important. And so, uh, one of the first ways you will find in the Bible uh, is is that you'll identify that you have a call from birth this is how god reveals our purpose you you would say you know what i've always felt like since i was a kid that i'm supposed to do this or when i was young i felt like i was supposed to whatever that is fill in the blank right and that's my story, for sure. I knew from a very young age, and I had people affirm about my life that Aaron just has a very tender heart for the Lord. Aaron just has a passion for the things of God. He has a passion for his word. man, I loved reading my Bible. I loved studying the stories i when I was just a little kid, man, uh, baptized at age eight and and knew that I was supposed to be in ministry and took up the opportunity to do that at age sixteen, but didn't know how to get into it full time and so it took many years for me to get here but but, but I knew from a young age I was supposed to do it. And I think many of us would identify that for our lives too. But, but, but what happens to those things? Well, life happens. Kids happen. Relationships blossom and love blossoms and, and marriages take place. There's also college that takes place or issues that rise up in your family or in your, in your body or, or in your community or maybe even mistakes that you made along the way. Whatever it is, it just kind of, we kind of get off of the path a little bit. And man, I just want to tell you in scriptures, God takes that head on, specifically in the one of the prophet's lives, Jeremiah. Uh, he's talking to Jeremiah because Jeremiah's got some excuses and and God goes straight for it. It goes straight for the fact that, hey, you knew from the time you were young, I knew you've been set apart. And so here's what God says in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four through eight, he responds to him and says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations and Jeremiah responds alas sovereign Lord I said I do not know how to speak I am too young man he had some excuses he had some things he's like you know what I don't know how to speak and I'm too young and, and he's disqualifying himself from what God had called him to do since he was a kid and I think a lot of us do do the same you say I'm too insert blank, or I don't know how to insert insert the blank there. I, I I I'm I'm too far gone. I don't know how to to make a difference. I I don't know how to to love people well. I don't know how to whatever, what, whatever it is for me. I I, I get it. I, I I've walked out addiction, a failed marriage, bankruptcy, uh, financial issues. I I don't have any kind of Bible college. I didn't have any ministry experience before God called me to be a pastor. I I had never even been on a church staff before. I just served in volunteer capacities. But when God called me to be a pastor, He called me to be a pastor. And let me just tell you something, friends. If God can use me, He can use you. So stop with the excuses. That's what God's telling Jeremiah. And so He goes on and He just refutes these excuses. He refutes the, the, but I can't or I'm too. And the Lord, but the Lord said to me, he says, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And I feel like that's the word that God has for you today. If you've known that you were called since you were young, even if you are still young, you are not too young to make a difference. You are not too young to begin living out your purpose. You are not too broken to to begin living out your purpose. You are not too far gone to have a purpose. You're not too tattooed up. You may not know how, but you know who. And the who is our heavenly father, so you can trust him and you can do whatever it is that he has for you to do. Amen, everybody. The second kind of discovering purpose found in scriptures is is kind of an incremental way of discovering it, or we'll call it growing in awareness. And uh, the greatest example of this we find is uh, Joseph. Joseph is in Genesis, and uh, Joseph was the uh, son of Jacob, or his name was transferred or transformed or changed to Israel, which we recognize that name, right? The 12 tribes of Israel. These are the 12 kids of Israel who was known as Jacob. And uh and, and Joseph uh was very loved by his father. His dad doted on him and gave him this coat of many colors, and his brothers already hated him. But one night Joseph had this dream it was a purpose that God had given him about, and and in the dream, uh, 11 stars and the moon and the sun all bowed down low to the color coded one. Right. And, and he also saw himself in a, in a field and, and there were sheaves bowing down and animals bowing down to him. And and he believed. And so did his family that they're like, do you think that we're all going to bow down to you? So his brothers got really upset. And one day Joseph was out checking on him in the fields and they, they beat him up and threw him into a pit and Told his dad that he was dead, told, showed him the, the coat of many colors all ripped up and bloody. And his dad believed it and thought he was gone, that a wild animal had eaten him. And, and so the brothers decided, well, let's not kill him. He is our brother after all. Let's just sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery and, and Joseph gets carted off to Egypt and winds up being a servant in, in a house in, in Egypt. And, and, and that whole situation goes sideways. And, and as a result, Joseph, Winds up in prison and and spends most of his adult life there. He would he would identify as somebody he he had a dream. He knew he was called of God, but everything seemed counter to that dream. Now I don't know about you. I, I, I maybe some of you would identify like I, I knew that I know that I'm called by God, but life has gone in the absolute wrong direction. Not that you made mistakes, but that life has just seemed to have gone all wrong. It just hasn't been in your favor. Maybe there's been a relationship explode in your face or a physical situation, a financial one that has arisen. And as a result, you've gotten off a track of what you believe God has called you to do. And you feel erroneously uh, or believed erroneously that you've been robbed of God's purpose for your life. And That's just not true. What happened in Joseph's life and what's happening in, in your life is that God is using all of that to position you for his purposes. Not that he did it to you, by the way. I I don't believe that God does anything bad to us. In fact, the Bible says that only good things come from him, right? What we need to realize is we live in a fallen world full of sin and sinful people and broken creation and humanity, and bad stuff is just gonna happen. But what God promises to do and what God always does is he will use your pain and the little ups and downs of your life for his purpose. And I'm here to tell you that through it all, whatever you've been facing, he's been lining things up that couldn't have happened had you not gone through whatever that thing was. I promise you, for some of you that are going through pain today or feel like you've gone through so much, God will not allow an ounce of your pain to go to waste. He'll use it. That's what he did in Joseph's life. And I know that's what he wants to do in your life because here's what happened to Joseph. Joseph is sitting in prison. He he helps a couple people out who had some crazy dreams. He He deciphered what they meant. And then Joseph winds up sitting in prison a couple more years because people forgot about him. But then Pharaoh has a dream and Pharaoh needs it, needs it like, hey, Tell me what this means. He needs the meaning determined. And and somebody remembers Joseph, and they pull him out of prison. And Joseph winds up second in command in Egypt through these crazy circumstances. And there's a famine in the land. But Egypt, because Joseph was able to decipher this dream, there's food in Egypt. They've been saving for years. And so Joseph's brothers show up on the scene, and they come, and they bow down in front of him, just like he saw in his dream. And Joseph, who now looks more like an Egyptian than he did an Israelite, has grown and his brothers don't even recognize him he reveals himself to them he says hey guys I'm, I'm joey it's me i'm the kid you threw in the pit i'm the kid you sold into slavery and his brothers now here in pharaoh they're t- here in egypt excuse me to buy food from pharaoh they're they're scared but joseph comforts him and says you know you intended to harm me this is what genesis 50 verse 20 says You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And don't misinterpret what you've been through or what you're going through. God wants to use what you've been through to save others' lives. And he'll do it if you'll let him. The third way that we discover our purpose, and we see people discover purpose through scripture is, is, is when people took steps into opportunities, or we call it walking through open doors. You know, throughout your life, God is going to open doors and he's going to close them. And when there's an open door in front of you, you're never going to know if that opportunity is from God or not until you make a decision to step through that door. Uh, I, I, I've experienced that in my life. And and I know that, that um, uh, you know, in 2017, the Lord opened a door for me to run for city council. And right here in the city of Reynoldsburg. And While I didn't really feel like that was the opportunity for me, I prayed about it and I felt the Lord leading and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to step through this door. And through that process, God has connected me with so many leaders in the city that I've allowed, and he's allowed us, me and Simple Church, for us to become influencers in the city in a way that we never would have experienced had I not run for city council. And I didn't win. And I'm okay with that because there are, there are very qualified people that are, are on our, sitting on our city council right now. And they're doing an incredible job. But I'm thankful for the relationships that I formed through that process. I'm thankful for those that I met and for the influence that God gave me through that process that I never would have had had I not stepped through the door and just been obedient. Biblically, there's a great example of this. It's Queen Esther. Queen Esther is somebody whose, who, whose parents were dead and uh, she didn't start off as a queen uh she was just a girl who was adopted by her uncle Mordecai and she was a Jew living in Babylon they were the the Jews at one point in time were exiled to Babylon and now they're living there and uh and 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 in this time period you'll find that that the the king uh, wanted to show off his queen, Queen Vashti. And he he calls her to this big festival, but she was having her own little festival and party of her own. And so she refused to come. And so the king fired his queen. He said, Vashti, you no longer get to be queen. And, it, but he was, but he was all distraught about it. And so his, his counselors said, you know what? We need to go ahead and just have like a beauty pageant. Really what this was is that, that they gathered all the virgins in the, in the, uh, up in the, in the city and in the vicinity. And, and, and they, they were bringing them to the king for the king to deflower them and then add them to his Harlem. Uh, it was a very archaic. It was a terrible situation. Uh, and they did it underneath the guise of this beauty pageant thing and that, that, that if the king found favor with you, that he would choose you as his queen. And so, Esther steps into that open door and walks through that process. And Esther actually wins the beauty pageant, as it were. And, and the king chooses her to, to, to be his queen. Well, there's stuff going on in the back scenes with, with, uh, one of the king's, uh, cabinet members who's a wicked man. His name is Haman. And Haman has a, has an axe to grind with Mordecai and, and, and that extended to Mordecai's people. were the Jews. And Haman wanted to annihilate them, destroy them from the planet, wipe them out completely. And so he's got this plan to do it. And, And by the way, this wiping out of the Jews, this wiping out of God's people is what the devil has tried to do from cover to cover all throughout the Bible. It's all along been his plan. But Mordecai, Mordecai came to Esther and said, you know what? This open door that you stepped through to now be the queen, you're a Jew. He believed that she won the beauty pageant to have voice, uh, to have a voice to speak to the king to save her people. And this is what Mordecai said to her in Esther chapter four, verse 14, fourteen. Excuse me. He says, "For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place." So he's Esther, you don't even have to say nothing. I believe that another voice will rise up, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And Esther's response is, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Listen to me, friends. I believe that God is giving you opportunities. I believe that he's opening doors in your life. That you're never going to know what's on the other side of that door. You're never going to understand fully what he has for you until you simply Step through the door. Who knows what God will do? Who knows if he'll position you to make a difference in such a time as this? Who knows what God is going to do with your life? Step through the doors that he's opening for you. Be prayerful about doing that. Seek counsel if you need to. Somebody to pray with you and say, pray with me about this opportunity. I believe God's opening the door for me. And if it's supposed to be for me, let him keep it open or let him close it if it's not supposed to be for me. But if he keeps that door open... You have faith. Step through that door. You'll discover your purpose as you walk it out. I promise you. Because who knows what God will do with you and through you and for you. Amen, everybody? The fourth way to discover purpose in Scripture is uh, that we see is through a, a God encounter. This is where God actually speaks. And one of the best examples of this is in Paul the Apostle's story. In fact, he was known originally as Saul and he was not a very good dude. Acts 9 carries his story. Uh, verse 1 through 6 says this, Meanwhile, Saul, which was his name before he became Paul, before he was transformed, before God got a hold of his life, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was out there threatening them. He was killing them. He was beating them. It was dragging him off to prison. And it says he went to the high priest and asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So Paul wanted to go out outside of the city limits and go to other places and find the the Christians, those that were following what was known as the way. That's what they called it. They didn't call them Christians at the time. They said those who belong to the way, which they'll say here in, in scripture. And he wanted to go get them and drag them back to Jerusalem for trial, for for believing in and speaking in the name of Christ. So he says, I want some letters. I want some permission to go kill some people. I want some permission to be a, a, a hitman man and, and go haul some people off to jail. So he says, so that if he found them anywhere any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Man, I would tell you, some of us today need a suddenly kind of moment. A suddenly kind of moment where God just speaks. You have an encounter with him where you realize it's time to attend to his purposes for your life. It may not be a flashing light that happens and blinded you, that will blind you like it did for Saul before he became Paul. It may not be a burning bush that burned in the desert like it did for Moses. You know what? Oftentimes when God does these things, he only does them once. So it's not likely that that will happen again. But maybe, maybe it's just a preacher on his screen. Maybe it's just a preacher who happens to be on your screen today. And maybe God is speaking to you through that preacher who happens to be on your screen maybe he's speaking to your heart right now. The verse continues on. It says, Paul fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. You know, here's what's beautiful about this is, is that Saul, who was a murderer, he literally stood by while, while Stephen, the very first Christian martyr, was being stoned. Paul holding the coats and offering approval and then looking for more opportunities to murder and rough up Christians. God called a murderer to ministry. And I need you to know that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've injected into your arms, no matter who you've laid with in a bed, no matter what your background, no matter the lies that you've told, no matter the number of people that you've hurt, God has a call for you. And I need you to, to come to a place where you agree, I'm going to stop carrying the shame. I'm going to stop carrying this because God's not mad at mad at me because he's not. God's not mad at you. He loves you. He loves you and he's ready to reveal his purpose for your life because he loves you so much. Look what Paul said to this, or what, what uh, the Lord said to this murderous man here as we wrap up this, this little section of, of verses through verse one through six. He said, now get up, And go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. You know, for me, I I mentioned this already. I knew from a young age what it was I was supposed to do. But like Joseph, my life life took many, many twists and turns. But God continued to call me. And 2010 was my now get up and go moment. He used all my twists and turns to help me be ready to do this. All the mistakes that I have made all the pains that I brought on myself, all the issues that were in my life and present, God has taken them and has redeemed them. That's what it means. He paid a price for them, he bought them back, and he's now using them for his purpose. God wanted to do the same thing with with Saul, who then became Paul, and he did. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament and uh, went around planting churches and led so many people to meet Jesus. I believe God's got a plan for you and he'll do the same in your life. He'll give you that moment where you can experience him, where it's time for you to get up and go. It's time for you to live out your purpose. But really that starts with, with you accepting that it's time for you to believe that God created me on purpose for a purpose. In fact, as we wrap up right now, I want you to type it into the campus. I want you to say it out loud wherever you're at. If you're in a watch party, turn to somebody and say it, or type it into the chat box. Say, God created me on purpose for a purpose. Some of you need to write it down and put it in a place that you can see it every day until you begin to believe that because that's where your journey, that's where everything really begins to explode. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that you would speak to us lord that you would let this message ring in our hearts lord specifically this one line that you created us on purpose for a purpose even now in the middle of this pandemic even though what we thought was our purpose before maybe it's been robbed from us because because this is closed or this is unsafe that even now you have a purpose for us god And I pray that you would let faith rise in us. Lord, that the doors that are being opened for us, that we would step through them even if we don't know what's on the other side of them, Lord. That no matter what we've done, no matter the inexperience we have, Lord, no matter what has come our way, that we're ready to embrace that you have a plan and purpose for us. And that it's time for us to live that out. And as we stay in this space of prayer, there are uh, those of you right now that what you're ready for most is for a relationship with God knowing that that is the ultimate purpose of your life is to know him. That's really the beginning of your journey. If you're ready to know him, I want you to just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. Fill me with your spirit and teach me to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, the, the Bible says that heaven is celebrating. I tell you that every single time because I want you to know that heaven's celebrating, but we're celebrating with you. And today, if you made that commitment, if you, you're saying, Aaron, I'm saying yes to Jesus. If you're in our online campus, you can click a button that says, I'm raising my hand to say yes to Jesus. Do that now, that lets everybody know in the group, in, in the online campus that you're making a commitment. We would love to celebrate with you. For those of you that are, are, are have made that commitment as well, I would encourage you, please take the next best step and fill out a digital connection card. Again, that should be found in the description of the videos, wherever and however you're watching, whether you're listening through podcasts or not, it should be there for you. Click on that. Give us an opportunity. Tell us, I said yes to Jesus today. We want to make sure that you've got a Bible, that you'll get connected to our church and understand what your next steps are. Because what's next? That's the question. And that's what we're answering in this series. Amen, everybody. All right. Well, listen, as uh, we prepare to close out, uh, I want to Uh, Thank you all again for your generosity and for continuing to give. There is uh, a ways for you to do that here on this screen, for you to give of your tithes and your offerings, which is anything above your tithes. That's tithes being like your first and 10% of your income. Thank you for being faithful to that. Thank you for taking that step of faith to even do that in the first place. We're so thankful for you. For those of you that continue to give of your offerings to the In This Together Fund and to uh, our building fund and, and all the ways that you're giving, thank you so much for your generosity. I, I'm just truly bowled over that that in this season, one of the things that I get to celebrate most is how you've grown in that generosity. So thank you so much for doing that. You can find ways to give uh, right here on our screen through our app, online, you can snail mail it in, you can text to give, uh, e- either way you'd like to. And, and for some of those of you that are like, I didn't know there was a building fund or the, the In This Together Fund, which is really uh, us serving each other, and 100% of that goes to people that are in need in our community right now during the pandemic. <clears throat> But if you want to give to them, uh, use the app, use the website. Those are the best ways to do that. There's a little drop down box on the fund and you can give to each one of them. It's really cool. You can give to the building fund because you know we're looking for a new building right now. And so, again, thank you so much for your generosity. May God bless you for that. Also, I want to share this every week. Man, if God is doing something in your life, I want to hear your story. I want you to share with me what God is doing. How has this message impacted you? How is the steps of faith? changed your life what has knowing jesus how has it made a difference in your life the digital connect card has a way for you to tell me your story those come directly to me and i want to celebrate them with you so please share your story with us whether you're new with simple church or not it would be an incredible encouragement to know what god is doing in your life specifically in this season when we're not meeting in person amen everybody hey guys i love you so much we will see you back here for week three of what's next it's gonna be a great gift it'll be Palm Sunday, can't wait to celebrate with you. We're going to take communion, so make sure you have your communion elements available as well, uh, which you, if you order an Easter box, you'll find them there. Or you can just grab some bread and some juice or some water or some coffee or whatever you find. Just two pieces of elements that we can celebrate communion together, all that Jesus has done. So we'll see you next week. Love you guys.